Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your engine! Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is May 7th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm coming off of a very successful Cinco de Mayo party. Um, oh, good. Everybody had a grand time. The, the four people that came. Did the tequila get tapped into or cracked open or the, the bottle did. that you quote was staring at you for the last year it did um i only made one round of them because i got lazy and didn't want to squeeze more limes okay so. well there you go those are the balance the cost benefit or you know you balance it out said i'm done there you go all right uh <laughs> tell, should we do tell people right at the offset you only get one margarita all right this friday episode you know it's gonna be a little special one though we're just going to do our Mother's Day gift guide today yes. on this one. 45 minutes talking products, features, where you can get them, uh, even though it's too late. The annual, first annual Mother's Day gift well, guide. Well, tomorrow you know I'm doing a giant unboxing on the Shotgun Start Instagram Live. It's going to be... I mean, what I've, are you unboxing? I've, I've, I'm unboxing all kinds of stuff that I've been you know, having sent to my house for this Mother's oh. Day gift guide. I love we this do feature it. on this new shoe. It looks so good. Is that what you're talking about? That yeah, kind of I mean, we do right. the, we do our unboxings. We make sure we do all of our Mother's Day gift guides the Friday before Mother's Day so that you can't get any of the products in time for Mother's Day. I got to admit, I do. Have you, are you prone to uh, going to do a printout of the gift you got that won't be there? Like print out the email notification that you purchased it kind of thing put it in an envelope i'm sorry i waited till the last minute but this is on the way i am uh i'm a horrible gift giver Same. i'm an i have an awful case of procrastination even Same. like i'll i'll know what i want to get but i just will put it off yep it's... totally and then it's too late <laughs> oh it'll arrive on wednesday of next week I'm like, yeah well i guess speaking, i just can't get speaking it speaking of tomorrow i have to go over and but... get the get the gift Okay, good. Well, Godspeed on that. Uh, all right, should we jump into golf? What do you, I mean, is that where we go? What do you want to do? Talk about what's happened? Hey, the all-important 18-hole results do you, update? Do you want to talk about uh, motorcycle gangs again? No. I got plenty of stuff we can talk about. All right, let go. You're, you're the captain of this ship. No, no, no. Let's talk about Wells Fargo. I was going to talk about bumper stickers, but I don't want to do that right now. All right, Phil Mickelson leads the Wells Fargo Championship. In uh, Charlotte, Quail Hollow Club. He shot a 7-under 64. Putter was working. Things were working. We might have a Westy and Usti situation on here. It's kind of a catch-22 for the tour. Oh, yeah. Generally a fit. Like, this is probably not the guy they want at the microphone. After every round, on every screen. This is, like, this not is a not, great timing. He, he might be public enemy number one. He might have displaced the, the bo boys in brown. As public enemy number one of the tour, he is he is out there pandering for yeah. the uh, for the Saudi Saudi backed uh, 
Perhaps, we think. There's now a distinction, which we'll get into in a minute. But yeah, the Super League Golf, or Slug, Super League Golf. Um, Yeah, right? I mean, it's probably not in any other week or any other year. They'd be like, Phil, thank God, he's coming back, the 50-year-old Phil. But now it's just of all people rising out of the ashes, nowhere. He's there just jamming them on this event that's like the exact sort of point of this upstart league would just fight against this we got peppy peter we got keegan we got the husky boy who is a fan we're a fan of the husky boy but like all these guys going for this like nine massive nine million dollar person event that like you know good event but otherwise doesn't mean anything to the greater significance of you know it's major it's not a major it's not a playoffs it's not a whatever i mean and there you got phil just kind of jolly you know Stepping down the probably already got the deposit, and he's probably just in a great mood because now he's just he's probably got a commission. He's probably getting a kickback on every player he convinces. He says, "Hey, when you when you sign the deal, tell him Phil sent you, and uh, he gets an extra five percent." Yeah, he's. It was amazing the other day. I got I got some intel. I got a little scoop from the from the ground that Phil was you know was telling. Telling players that playing the PGL was a selfless act. He was saying that he felt that the way he, he was giving up control of the schedule, since it'd be a global schedule, he'd be doing more to grow the game. He's telling this to players, and I'm thinking, okay, this is just what he's saying to players Behind trying me. to get him. Yeah. And he's saying it to the media, too. Then he goes on the record after you yes. get your intel. I, mean, I, could, Phil- I couldn't believe it. Phil is deluded. I could see how he walked himself into this rationalization. I, rationalization. I can actually see it in the quote, like how he got there, but it doesn't make it any less deluded. The word, the actual word to use is selfless. Like, it's like he's daring people to tell, like, call him on it. Like, of all the words to use, going for the $100 million, like, basically tanking the professional golf structure as we know it, Putting the rank and file more or less out on the street with nowhere to play is the selfless thing to do. It's unbelievable word choice. And I don't know if it was deliberate. It would almost have to be. It's selfless to go take 30 to $50 million just to go play golf somewhere. That's selfless. Here's, here's, the, here's the quote, just so we got it, so you can understand the context of how he uses, just, actually just uses the, the word selfless. I just, I just want, for my source from the ground, this is his, this is there. Not gonna His her. His her, it's, who knows? Yeah. Who the fuck does he think he's fooling? <laughs> Quote But that's a big deal to give up control of your schedule. I don't know if the players would be selfless enough to do that. But every other sport, any of your teams control the schedule. They play where they're told to play. Whereas here we're able to control it. Golf is really the only major sport where the players have control of their schedule. The sponsors, TV, are not no, not able to know exactly what it is they're buying. I just know if the players are going to be selfless enough to give up their control of their schedule. We all make a very good living. We all do well. I've already had kids. I have the ability to control my schedule and be at big moments in their lives. If you're a younger player, are you going to give that up? It would take a lot to give up control of that, even though the entire sport would benefit. Even though fans would love it, I, I'm not. I I mean, entire sport, I maybe, but I don't. 
I don't think so. I don't know. Anyways. I mean, you could argue that it would be a net gain. Like I, I could, I could see that. But like saying that the entire sport that everybody would benefit is <laughs> absolutely crazy. Um, the, the, I, this, I, I kind of. I, see I want to analogize this. Okay. It'd be like me saying, you know, hey, my buddies invited me to play golf. I'm my wife's first mother's day and i thought it was really selfless of me to go and leave her to herself that morning Peace. Yeah, yeah just to be alone with the baby <laughs> i'm just giving her space you know for mother's day to really embrace that motherhood role with just her and the baby just one-on-one and really understand what it means to be a mother. It's a selfless act getting out of there. It's a selfless act to go play golf on Mother's Day. That's pretty good. I love it. Like you might not be able to be there for Billy's, you know, pre-kindergarten graduation, but you know, the fifty million dollar check just like doesn't clear for like what are you talking about? That's what the money's for. Like it's unbelievable. It's unselfless. Not I mean, the word choice I would have gone. Phil, but... Phil has got to be committed. He's got to yeah. be oh. in. And he might be in both of them. <laughs> <laughs> he really might. He might be in both leagues. This could be where he's taking you know, upfront cash from both. Let's just do that. Allegedly, Alan Shipnuck report. So this was muddled when everything kind of flooded, flowed out Tuesday. Or you're, you're, people were calling it Super well, League everybody, Golf. Well, everybody golf assumed league. that it was just a rebrand to Super Golf League. With all the uh, Saudi money. is You know, Rain Group was out, and this was mostly Saudi deal. Now, excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. Alan Shipnuck follows up with the report, uh, what was this, Thursday morning, saying that their bo- Premier, Premier League Golf, or Premier Golf League, PGL, still alive and well. Totally separate entity, not involved with the Saudis. Says the Saudis completely copied us and are now, you know, just throwing around like God money to these guys. Camped out. I think they're the ones that were camped out in Jupiter, the Saudi part. Yes. I think. Yes. I think that's what's happened. So now just, there's there's two of them. There's, I guess. It's smoke and mirrors show here. You know, nobody this knows. Is like, this is a Hail Mary attempt from like. So one guy at the PGL to try and make you know make them look pretty like as a very well, good alternative. The it, it, you don't need the cognitive cognitive dissonance to ask about you know whether the money is coming with blood from a dismembered journalist on it. And, and like I guess, but is the PGL that intact, like that ready to rock, or is this just a guy like throwing up a counter proposal? I, I I mean I so obviously Alan's like vetting. I'm not like questioning the reporting i'm sure he's vetted and all that but it seems like it is a good play it this whole thing somehow the pgl i mean the pgl looks so fantastic now given our three options i mean we've got the tour we've got a commissioner which we'll get into later that clearly gives two fucks about the rest of the world of golf um doesn't uh but uh you know only cares about himself and his players which you know Maybe he's doing That's a good job, job as commissioner, yeah. but uh, but anyways, we've got uh, we've got the PGL, which is you know it's out pretty sweet when you boil it Lux. down for a fan, yeah. And then you've got the Super League, 
golf, oh, which how sounds bad does this fucking sound? awful. It sounds terrible. It's all well, it's Saudi Arabia. It's all every event. Every event is Saudi Arabia. I mean, no, no, out. <laughs> this sounds awful, but they're just throwing so much money at it. I don't. It might not fail because of how much money's at it. The go- all we might have to go- cover golf in Saudi Arabia year round. I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not saying Dude, going. Not, We're gonna have DJ, to talk about it. DJ Pahaski made this point. It might, it, it might not be for us or anyone who listens to this. They might. They could give two shits. Maybe. Maybe they just do it. And you know, DJ had a, a, a Twitter thread about that. I, I. But I guess like if you're Phil or whoever these are, DJ, like you're just calling their bluff. Like I'm gonna go play 12 events in Saudi Arabia, and I'm still gonna be a PGA Tour yeah, member. And you tell me I thing. can't. They aren't I, going to. That's the whole crux of this whole thing is that the tournament sponsors and organizers, everything that props up the tour, FedEx is going to be like, wait, you're not going to let Dustin and uh, Phil play in the FedEx Cup? What's going on? What TV, what what media rights partner you think signs on to do 12 events in Saudi Arabia? That could be interesting. Newsmax. If that, that, that seems like they're in trouble. They might be going, they might be getting popped with some hefty lawsuits, fines. Um, yeah, Newsmax. Uh, I, so this is a distinction that I don't think many people saw coming, but credit to Alan for kind of putting it out there. In, in the PGL, if it still got a shot, looks fantastic. If if you know gets rid of that that Saudi element of it, right? I mean. And actually, it has a world tour, a real world tour. The PGL, when when next to the the Super Golf League, looks so good now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to know what's go. I need to know really. Like they need to come forth. They need to be present. Like they need to make themselves. Hey, we still are. We aren't them. Yeah. Like I think they would really benefit from a positive. They could really come out of this as a winner. Yeah, yeah. Like I think they got to f- really flood the whole PR zone, leaking everywhere. Give everybody, you know, start start giving people stuff on where they're at and who's involved. I don't know, uh, but we'll see if anybody can actually pull it together. One thing, while we're just on this entire subject, since we last talked on Tuesday night, uh, some of the organizations came out in support slash non-support just comment uh, augusta national made a comment they don't comment on anything usually really you know rarely ever comment it uh, wasn't a was, comment though but it was it was a public statement which it, is it more was than a what they're statement that said do. nothing right but it was a public statement it was actually replying to the inquiry to, to acknowledge that this is going on and and do you most feel of good them if said you're, if you're jay monahan do you feel good about their public reply I think you could be slightly encouraged that they even said something and then just keep their mouth shut and watch them squirm. I think you could find encouragement in that, but I, do you think Jay called them and said, please, please say something. Well, Fincham's a member now. Maybe he's no, I don't know. Uh, he's a green jacket, I think, but so they, they all commented and basically said the tour is great. We like the tour. They're good, you know, ambassadors for the game of golf. Boom. That's it. They didn't condemn any other kind of concept at all. Uh, I thought Mike Davis's was sort of the most tepid, but it was all kind of of the same in the same vein. Uh, so that's it. Do you have any other updates or questions or comments you want to talk about these outside upstart leagues? 
other than the the great Saudi one. Every event in Saudi Arabia on the the Jack Nicholas Rodeck. It sounds like a video game. Whereas like every course was just some made up thing that Jack designed. You know, I uh, like Golden River Falls or something like that. You know, it's just ridiculous stuff. Golden Bear Falls. Selflessly, out of self, my own selflessness, I'm going to uh, preclude from any further comment. Okay, selfless. Well, I appreciate your selflessness. Uh, anyways, getting back to the Wells Fargo where Phil leads, do you have any comment on Phil? I mean, it, I thought it was fascinating. Will Gray, and I want to talk about this last week and we just forgot because we never have plans or notes or anything. We just start talking like idiots. But Phil talking about how, like, shouts from the crowd or a door slamming and his focus is off and he just like loses it for like holes yeah. he can't maintain his focus because of like a noise he heard it was like kind of candid uh but surprising to hear from someone who's been on tour for 30 years i don't know if that coffee for wellness is dialing him in like it should or what what's happening seems like there. he might or- need some bixby I need to get the shotgun start over. Are we doing some negative recruiting here? Are we allowed to do that in advertising? I have no idea how that works. Yeah, negative recruiting. But I thought that was fascinating to hear from Phil. I mean, we heard it maybe two, three years ago. He talked about seeing his name at the top of the leaderboard in Memphis, and he got completely spooked because it had been so long. Even these guys who've been around doing it forever, it's just interesting. It's it's sort of like a Rory Sabo. You know, you hear every every cricket and every you know you got rabbit ears but uh i don't know it was it was fascinating to hear anything else on phil leading or his game or i mean what's what's more likely that he wins or misses the cut he's seven he plays so good at wells far he plays so good here i'd say it's more likely he wins yeah, I mean, seven under. Missing the cut would be a real... I think it, the better question would be, like, is it more likely he finishes T40 or wins? Yeah, of course. I, I was trying to be extreme, though. What's more likely than that? T40, right? T40. Yeah, T- absolutely. Maybe, maybe T60 would be a good bet. 54 holes, a lot of opportunity to send a few balls off the planet. You know, there's a lot of opportunity He, dro- he drove it like a stallion today. Hellacious seed. I'm over... The Jolie D interplay, that was just catnip for the hey, entire man, world. He's just trying to work his way I like the Jolie pip. D. I, I like that part of it. But like with the way we made it, this whole, this whole like, that's why Phil played well, this motivating story, this bromance, I, I, I got well, tired of that Well, you know, fast. the, uh, like Rory said, you know, if you got a cool look, you're up and comer. They can aspire to get into the top 10 of the pip. That you know, was this ridiculous. Was, this isn't that just quote? a thing to reward the most popular players. It's quote, like it's like Monahan gave him that to say. It's just there's, like there, it's quote, so ridiculous. Quote, quote: "There's the potential for anyone to get in this top ten, right? I was making this point yesterday. Like a Will Zalatoris, he was on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. Editor's note: He's on it this year too. Yeah, he's had a wonderful rise. He's cool. He's got a really cool look. He's young." What what does that mean? Really cool look. Let's give him three million. I don't understand how that's quantified. But anyways, that, that was an odd quote from him. Um, his whole his whole stance. I I just I expected more from Rory. 
Prince Panavidra. He came out hard. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in him. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Why? What are you disappointed in? I just his constant shilling for Panavidra. Well, he's that's why he's the prince. What do you expect him to turn his back on his kingdom and his people? I expect him to be a little bit realer than he's been been this week. This week he's just been corporate line. Well, maybe he is real. Maybe that's how he really feels. A lot of these guys are being, you know, total, you know. He's not being selfless. Okay. That's true. That's true. He looks like crap again playing. Not great. Crap's maybe too strong a word, but, you know, the wedge distances weren't great. His putter, he's courted Brad Fax, and he's one of the top ten all time. Didn't look like it out there, but, (laughs) you know. um, uh, Like, He's over par again, I think. I, I want him to play well. I wanted to see him at Kiowa. I think he shot I, even I, today. Okay. Maybe he got back to even. It was a it was a kind of a stumbling finish. But he's not low Rory. He's tied with Rory Sabo. They're both one over. So um Phil So Phil being first. Did you see Hovland's quote? I know you oh, saw I it. Loved it. it. I <laughs> loved it. I loved it. This is driving range golf. This is uh, right on the Andy, the woke yoke. This yoke, is right on my Lexicon. Yeah, the Lexicon. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody else use the term "driving range golf." Probably not what you want to hear. If it was Quail Hollow membership. I've Pre- Phil had one that was really buttering him up. Future Presidents Cup course. You know that they like to compare to Royal Melbourne. Wait, who did that? Oh, because they the host tour, the tour stuff. does. Right. Yeah, right. the tourists like, right. oh, we're going from one great venue in Royal Melbourne, one iconic venue to the next in Quail Hollow. But he Here's said, a... but I think this place is more of more of kind of a driving range golf course. The fairways are, they're not narrow, and they're not wide, but it's what you see, what you get, and the greens are pretty big. It's all about just can you hit it in the center of the face and are you hitting it in the bunkers and rough and are you going to have a t- uh, and you're going to have a tough day. I appreciate the more strategic places. But obviously if you come to this place and don't like it there's something wrong with you. Okay, really nice save there at the end. He did really he also prefaced with it. There's yeah. one thing I feel like not to say anything bad about this place. Then you know it's coming. That's how you kind of <laughs> You throw him something nice over here and hit him with the right on the other side. You know, That's like the curb your enthusiasm that uh, that goes over having <laughs> said that. You know, it's <laughs> right. like I really like your shoes. Having said that, yeah. I, I mean, is that, that why Phil could have played well? Driving range. Although Phil's that, also no. talked about hitting it off. Phil plays great at <laughs> Phil plays great at, at Augusta and places like that. That's Phil just played good. You know. Yeah. I think it, it would putts. be a testament to. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Sounds like you wanted to, but I actually appreciate restraint. Who knows? where We're kind of a little hot here off the top. I'm glad you're... What else do we... Anything else? Ricky, we got to no... talk about Jay Monahan. Mr. No Ricky Tour Live? That, that may be what he needs. Get him off the screen. Put him, bury him. Hide him. You know, how no more his, ads. How about just watching the Masters with Tiger story? How oh, that, that was a little... Big time catnip. Whole scoop of catnip on that one. I saw people like, what was the one headline? So he didn't skip the Masters altogether. What does that mean? He wasn't there. He wasn't playing. Because he watched it. I watched it. 
That means you, you didn't skip it? the master. Well, I technically I... didn't skip it. All right, fine. But yeah, he watched it with Tiger at home. He couldn't be there to to congratulate Hideki on the 18th green, so the next best, <laughs> best thing was watching it with Tiger. He, well, anyways, he's one under 70, I guess, which, you know, nowadays is encouraging for Ricky. I would like to see Ricky play. Not well, as encouraging but... as Hunter Mahan's uh, 69. Oh, so he's the low kind of wandering Oki State former star. He, he's ahead of him. Uh, you want to talk about Jay Monahan. What, what did you want to talk about with him? This uh, deposition came out. The Athletic had a report. or got the goods on this deposition transcript. It's in the Hank Haney lawsuit of the PGA Tour. I think it revolves around him being canned from Sirius. X, yes. uh, the PGA Tour radio, whatever. His, when he made his those disparaging comments horrendous about the women's game. Before the Charleston USGA, uh, US Women's Open. So... What does he say in this deposition? What was so uh, just newsworthy so, or, or interesting to you? Haney's, Haney's lawyer effectively is just pushing him on the women's game, you know, and yeah. how much uh, in, how much Jay Monahan knows about the women's game. And he's asking him, you know, if he knows the top five players in this week's tournament. And Monahan's like, oh, no, I'm not aware. I'm not aware. I don't know the latest, latest iteration of the world ranking. And Haney's lawyer said, "Who are? And, and this was the week of a major. <laughs> who are the t- who are the week of the an LPGA se- major? Yes. Okay. Who are right. uh, the top several players playing? Monahan's response: He didn't name one. He couldn't name one woman, a top woman player. He said, "I'm focused on the business of the PGA Tour, PGA Tour champions, Corn Ferry." PGA Tour Latin Tino America, oh, PGA Tour I, I China, PGA like, Tour Canada, right. our relationship with the European Tour and our industry partner relationships. The person who is in a position to tell you who the top players in the world would be, Mike Wan. He runs the LPGA Tour. So, can I try to read this uh, like devil's advocate? Sure. I'm sure he could name many or several LPGA Why didn't player. he? Because this is some little dickhead attorney trying to like get him to talk about it. And he's like, look, man, I'm not here to talk about the LPGA. If you want to ask me questions about the tours that I are my business in my area of expertise for which I'm responsible, then I'll talk about it. I don't know. I'm just trying to be devil's advocate here. Like, why do you want me this? What is the point of me talking about my my favorite LPGA tour player. Of course he can name a few, right? Come Maybe. On. And there was another tour executive, I think, that didn't or, or said, I don't think it's disrespectful or I can't. There's another tour deposition in there as well. So The Athletic. That was an interesting article to read. I mean, the, I, the crux of which also... was about the lack of the... the what revenues from TV deals? So mm-hmm. they're joint deals that are jointly negotiated with the LPGA, and the LPGA sees like five percent of it, less yeah. than that. less yeah. than five percent. Yeah, so. it's uh, so. Um, know. all right, it was interesting. Not, not yeah. a great ambassador. Not a great look for a legend ambassador of the game. Another Regardless shot. of whether it's uh the lawyer, you know, yeah, like it's just. Not something you want to see out of the leaders of your game, you know? 
Right. And uh, this is this is somebody that another a media outlet called for being inducted into the Hall of Fame already. And he can't name a, one of the top any of the top 10, 15 LPGA players. To not to not play devil's advocate to join you in this, like my advice to him, I think I don't, and I'm just an idiot podcaster again. Nobody needs my advice, but like the opposite point, it's like, hey, just be a human being and answer. Like, I know you're in a legal proceeding where it's probably tense or you're in a deposition where it's tense. Like, just be a human being. This is like his problem so much is like he's so robotic and so just like, what are my talking points? Did I get every brand involved? Did I mention every brand, you know, that pays for that spot, that pays for the business top tour, top 10, whatever? Like, just be like, yeah, um, I don't know, Say Young Kim, Jin Young Ko, Nelly Korda. Like, just just say that, right? Uh, just just throw out some names. So that that could have been another route you go, but maybe he's trying to act as like a official business robot when you're in a tense sort of legal proceeding like that. Whatever. I think the best thing he could probably do at this point is, you know, gas up Lup Force One, fly across the country and attend the U.S. Women's Open okay. out of his own goodwill. Just go, just go watch, watch, watch a day of the sermon. Fly back. If it's out yeah. of his own goodwill, he should be flying Southwest, the flying bus. Don't use Lup Force One for that. Don't be Lup Force One. Uh, anything else on Quail Hollow? Do we care? No, we, I don't want to. Talk, talk I didn't want to talk about it for this long. Well, we've barely talked about it. To be fair, we've done a lot of PGL. We're doing depositions now. The Simmons Bank Open. We're Corn Ferry Tour. Stefan Jaeger, the greatest of all time. The goat. The KFT leads along with Austin Smotherman, seven under. That had this whole number three. It was part three. We've had a member of that club DMing us details of like some of the things that are like kind of Mickey Mouse or people players are going to hate or they'll, you know they'll carve it up and send us the pin sheet. It's like, oh yeah, that, that's no, you can't even get it. These guys are going to the drop zone. They're just spinning it off in the water over and over and over again. So slick. There were that, that was that's all we got on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, on the at the uh, LPGA Honda Thailand, which is especially obsolete because it's yeah. being played overnight when you hear this. Patty Tavitana kit and Athaya Thitakul. Did I do that right? Thitakul. I, I couldn't have I done tried. it better. They both shot opening 8 under 64, which would be a massive deal. They're both Thai. Athaya is 18-year-old, uh, also from Thailand. What? And Arya Jutanagarn right there, too. Yes. Yep. They got three She's of the top back. top four players. So that right could be now. just an awesome sort of weekend cocktail golf, I guess is what you want to call it. Watch. But who knows where they are by the time you're listening to this. Uh, also, at the Lydia Regions, Ko's in the mix. Yeah. They've got an awesome leaderboard. I hate... It sucks that like we can't talk about them with any kind of finality based on when people might listen to this. So um, Lydia Ko is in the mix. Hannah Green off that kind of blowing a tire coming in last week. Brittany, that's more. At the Regents tradition, Darren Clark, who's just taking over the Champs Tour recently. Why are we He's talking the, about the Champions the, Tour? You're talking about a, a, an alleged major with with sponsors exemptions. It's got what sponsors exemptions. What are we I was doing? reading the I was reading first round notes. Is it, is it no cut? It's got to have a cut. I don't think. It yeah, does. They, they got. They don't, I, I don't no, they cut. don't. They got like less than 80 guys in the field. Oh, Woozy was a WD. What a shame. (laughs) You know, they got that Waffle House. He's in Alabama. They probably got plenty of Waffle House around there. He may have overdone it. That's WD. (laughs) 
at the turn. Yeah, but they do have sponsors exemptions for an alleged major. And one of them was going to somebody from Alabama. I can't remember. I read it today. Uh, all right. And then Euro Tour. Who leads in Tenerife? Again, this will be moot. Francesco Laporta. Who? Francesco Laporta leads over there. How big's the field? They got they got like 130 guys. So I must have dragged dragged them out from all of them. Not yeah, not a lot of names recognized. All right. Anything else? Let's do uh let's do an ad read for our friends at uh Beatratty. Beatratty Beatratty.com is the official apparel of the shotgun start and the fried egg. They are sponsoring us throughout the year. This is we'll have many more, you know, deals and what promotions with them around Father's Day, some majors, things like that. But uh, maybe for Mother's Day, if you want a late Mother's Day gift that you can't use, you could buy yourself you could, something you with the print, promo code. Well, you could print out the the picture of it, just like you were talking about. Print it out. This is, order it. These tonight. are some boxers. Order it I today. Gotcha. Print it out. And uh, hand it to her on Sunday morning. You know, the uh, we were talking about Monaghan and, you know, the tense courtroom. You know one of the best ways for him to keep his cool under his collar would have been? Oh, God. What is, wear some what is this segue? sport. All right. There you go. It's the, it's the best. It's, uh, you know, they, they already make the best polo for when it's, you know, not sweaty season, which is sweaty the... Boy season. Which is the Liam uh, Polo, my favorite. But then uh, the sport now, when it's 95 and, and humid out here in, in Chicago, I've got a nice collection of sport polos that I uh, I pull out, and they're comfy. They they're great. They also have you can like sport... play tennis in them. I, sometimes I think I should go for a run in one of them. People will be you like, should. "Who's that guy running in a collar shirt? He must be a classy guy." Well, that's my move for the pool and the beach is I, oh, I wouldn't use one of these because uh, it's like usually a rattier older one, but like, yeah, something with that kind of fabric. But yes, if these, if you, you wear them out, you wear them for four or five years, great pool and beach shirt, you know, they dry the fastest. You look good. It's great. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's their sport fabric. Yeah. You get 25% off if you use the promo code. Brendan with an exclamation mark. All caps, Brendan, exclamation mark. That's not an insignificant amount of money. 25% is a legit promo, promo a le- legit discount. Better uh, promo so, than you'll ever get in the fried egg shop. Anyways, they're our official apparel sponsor. We've gotten to know Billy. We've gotten to know the people behind it. Billy's been in this industry his whole life, like I've said. It's good to know that the name on the shirt, like... That guy thought about every stitch or every button of the thing that you're buying or wearing. It just matters to me as opposed to some middle manager designer pulling something out of his rear end and it being mass produced. So thanks to them for sponsoring us all year. All right, let's move on. Quick news. Do we have any news? I don't I think, think, we've I hit think we kind of hit everything. Yeah, it was all. We got to bring our guest on. We're going to bring. All right, we're doing Walker guests. Cup, and we're bringing on a special guest, a rarity for the shotgun start. We will bring. bring be bringing in Brentley Romine from the grounds. I think he's down there, Juno Beach, around Seminole. Uh, college golf expert, swamp. amateur golf expert, golfchannel.com writer, reporter. We'll ask him his title when he comes on, but let's kick it to uh, Brentley and talk Walker Cup. 
We now welcome in Brentley Romine, the expert, the all-knowing authority on college golf, amateur golf, professional golf, too. You throw that in there, but specifically an amateur college golf, which we'll be talking to him about today. He says he's might staff writer at golfchannel.com. I'll go with the senior, senior writer and managing editor of Golf Channel. I'll just make it up. I'm promoting you right now. Titles don't matter. None of nobody knows what any of this shit means. So, uh, Brentley, thank you for joining the Shotgun Start. It's it's an absolute pleasure to be on. I, I think I mentioned this earlier. It's kind of like. Uh, you know, this is kind of what Geronimo must feel like when he finally gets, you know, got to meet Justin Thomas. I've been a, I've been a sicko for a long time, long time listener, and finally getting my chance. So hopefully I don't screw it up. Hey, uh, Bradley, how how's the swap treating you? <laughs> you know what? Uh, you're on was, the seat. You're on the grounds at Seminole. I am. Yeah. I am. We we had a heck of a storm earlier. There was hail. There a tree fell down in my hotel parking lot had to navigate that but i uh, haven't made it to the thirsty turtle yet um but that's that's on the <laughs> what about the square grouper are you gonna go there no i, I i've never heard it well I, i've heard of it on the pod but i i, I, I don't know it's <laughs> well you gotta get get out guanabana's square grouper i, I know the the seminal caddies like to hang out at the thirsty turtle i'm, uh, I'm like scotty scheffler i i just had chipotle oh uh, interesting yeah. fantastic yeah. Um, all right, no, so this no, is the woods. What about the woods? <laughs> That's is too that far. Not... It's too far. It's oh. too far. He's scared of that touring. He doesn't want to live that touring life down there. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's talk about this year's Ryder Cup. Then we'll get into some old Walker stories. Cup. This is not the Ryder oh, Cup. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. You know, I've all of a sudden I, I I've slipped up once before we started recording. I haven't called it that ever, and now now I'm calling it. It's that. like the Pelicans. Right. <laughs> We'll see where we go from here on. Um, all right, what's it like down there, Walker Cup? You're you're walking around. Obviously, we're still a day as of this recording from competition. I see they have a very important flagpole raising or flag raising tomorrow that'll be televised. You know, we got to get the cameras out for that. Um, not to go at your employer, of course. I love the Golf <laughs> Channel, and I'm glad they're showing that. Um, but we're still a day out. What are the practice rounds been like? Where are people at? I mean, the Americans are favored, I believe, significantly. But uh, what, what's it been like so far? You've been there a couple of days now. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty quiet. There there hasn't been a whole lot of fanfare. Uh, just parents walking around. I haven't seen a single fan. I think maybe the VIP five hundred dollar uh, tickets. Sounds like Andy's you know, dream. Andy's <laughs> well, dream. It's they, they have a nice little setup there, right left of the ninth hole. They have uh, you know some merchandise, uh, a taco stand. They have a big covered pavilion, a video screen. So uh, I, I guess you know you get your money's worth. But um, wasn't a whole lot of golf today. Uh, they got in about four to five holes. It was kind of on and off with all the weather. A um, couple guys from the U.S. squad got food poisoning and missed yesterday. Austin wrote and davis thompson stayed home uh, a little bit of a stomach bug but they were back out today austin felt good davis felt probably about 75 percent. so food um, poisoning a little ra- <laughs> running rampant down there huh this is I, a little uh, you know do you think it came from a a, a dinner or meal during the competition is what's the what's the rumors on this you think well, the one team had a guy or is this impacting both teams or did it, somebody it bring is, in a chef is. that kind of okay all right yeah there's right. there's a few on the other side too so i i don't think there's any uh you know 
anything fishy going on there. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, it could have been a bad, uh, you know, banana or, you know, something like that. So, who knows? Sumo citrus is uh, on the way out. You could be kind of playing with fire eating them this late in the season. Who knows? <laughs> um, all right, so what should we are, watch for? Yeah, Go yeah, ahead. Who yeah. Are, tell us some players that we should be keeping an eye on. You know, we're... We're passive uh, amateur golf enthusiasts. We are not in the weeds like yourself. You know, as as it's been very noted from, like, the 2017 Walker Cup, we've got essentially all budding superstars on the PGA Tour with the exception of Norman Jong and, and Stu. Not to drive by Norman, but he'll, <laughs> he'll get there. Um, but who are the guys that we should be keeping an eye on in particular this year with the Walker Cup? You know, Besides Tyler Scherfacci? Well, yeah, well, I think everybody so. knows about his grandpa. Yeah, I'll 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 give you three from each team. I mean, first off, it's a I mean, it's a stacked US team. They you know, they basically went off straight off the World Amateur Golf Rankings. William Mao's the the highest ranked or is it highest ranked or lowest ranked uh, at at See, 28? Always, confused. Never, never I never know how to write that. Yeah, Do so I just say worst ranked that so he's the worst ranked guy at 28th. Um I would say William Mouse, actually, I, I think he's going to surprise some people. He's, he plays at Pepperdine. He's a sophomore. Funny thing was, uh, I was talking to his dad earlier today, and because William Mouse got these tree trunk legs, like these calves, and I'm like, man, you think him and Pearson Cootie could get into a weightlifting contest? And his dad's actually like, he actually doesn't lift weights. So apparently, he doesn't lift weights. He hits the ball a mile, so... I like William Mao. He's got a ton of swagger. He club twirls after every single shot almost. So I think he's going to be a star. Um, We know about Cole Hammer, but I think Pearson Cootie's been playing super well. He's got four or five top three finishes in his last six college starts. And then, you know, John Pack was really the star two years ago at Royal Liverpool. He got that point on Saturday evening that kind of changed the momentum. And of course the U S went out and just steamrolled the GB and I the next day. So I low look for John Pack to, right. Low am at Wingfoot. Yeah. He, he? Low am at Wing, Wingfoot. Him and Davis Thompson were the only two ams to uh, make the cut at road and, and hammer didn't. Um, but yeah, so those are the U S guys, the GB and I squad. It's a little bit of a, a mystery. I mean, there's not, there's not too many guys that are household names. There are five college golfers, but the, well, there are, there's one household name for anybody from Chicago. <laughs> Alex Fitzpatrick. Yeah, the uh, younger brother of a Chicago legend, Matt Fitzpatrick, Alex Fitzpatrick. Well, he, he spurned the Wildcats. That's might have been the upset of the century. Well, isn't he a more of a Winston Salem legend? Yeah, isn't he? Uh, well, Wake I mean, Forest. Yeah, we still hold him in high regard, though. Okay. In All Chicago. right. There's always that connection. If you've been in Chicago for a week, you're you're a Chicago legend forever. And so who's on the Euro side? They're yeah. barely like they've barely played together, right? But COVID different. Like they they barely kind of had any practice together. You know right? that just... that's a little bit of a myth. I I, okay. I don't know if you guys saw a couple months ago there was some story coming out from the UK about how the Walker oh. Cup was going to get canceled because they weren't weren't able to play. All the five of the guys played college golf like. The, and and Jerry McElroy was hosting these guys down here at Seminole for weeks. Ah. Like they've they've played, they have plenty of time together. Don't it, you but, know if it, if they end up getting you know routed this weekend, they better not use that as an excuse. The Euro press corps myth making. We see this every time. The Euro press corps gets real defensive. They're putting it out there as a preemptive sort of excuse. 
I love it. I, don't bring it up, though. They're a sensitive lot. I love the Euros, though. But the, the Euro press card, that's great. The who best, are, who are watching best, on it? Their best players uh, out, MIA. Sandy Scott. Yeah. Why? Yeah, he's, Hurt? He's, eight, he's, he's eighth in the, in the World Amateur Golf Ranking. He's, he's been battling a, a bad wrist. He, uh, it started bothering him around the USAM. And so he played in the fall played decent started hurting him really bad in the winter and he just shut it down and he still hasn't been back he's probably going to miss the postseason for texas tech which is a real bummer because you know they're a national title contender with him and without him they're maybe a match play team but probably not so he had that's definitely a, a big loss alex fitzpatrick was was a stud for them two, two years ago as well though he battled him a little bit of a bad back missed accs but he told me today you know it's not giving him any issues. I mean, I don't know if he would have told me if it was or not. But anyways, you got to take him at face value. And I, I, I like Angus Flanagan, too. Not ah, just for, I love his name. Yeah, not, not just for the name, though. I, it, he's, he's, just, he's kind of a little mm-hmm. guy, and he, just, he doesn't look like he you know, can play golf, but he, he can. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's, I, there, there's going to be some U.S. player that's going to face him in singles this week and just – be very shocked because he that that guy can play he he played in that uh genesis invitational yeah he played in the collegiate showcase and got through that so he's got a lot of game you know there there's always going to be a few guys on that team who probably can't hang i remember two years ago james sugru the british am champ he must have fatted about three wedge shots. It, it was it was pretty bad. I, I think Joe Long may continue the tradition of British Am champ not well, playing well. We heard that out of Augusta, Joe Long, and then, well, he popped me back. He came back on third Friday with like a, I don't know, like a seventy three or something like that. But yeah, we heard that out of Augusta that Joe Long might not be able to hang. So yeah. I wonder uh, if Ang- to- what does Angus go by short by? Is it just Angus or does he go by Gus? And you know, that's that's a good question. I, I'll 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 make Flan- sure to ask him that tomorrow. Flanny. Hey, I saw Matt Fitzpatrick was on the ground. Can you report any details? Was there like a win one for the Gipper speech? What did he, did he talk about his time growing up in Chicago and how he made it out and and you know to be one of the world's best players? Like what what do we know what he was said to these under underdog European or I guess GB and I team? <laughs> I mean I. I don't know exactly what was said, but Matthew Fitzpatrick's a huge Walker Cup fan, you know, much like, you know, he, he pays attention to the Bears. He probably watched the draft, but <laughs> did, he, he was at Royal Liverpool two, uh, two years ago. He was there for both days. Um, yeah. And I imagine, I, I think he plans on being there this weekend as well. So he plans, if Brooks Kepka plans his schedule around weddings, and then Matthew Fitzpatrick plans it around the Walker Cup. All right, I like I, to hear it. What do you, do you? I get, I put this take out the, into the world a few months ago that the the Walker Cup should go to U.S. versus Europe. How do you feel Oof. about that? No, no. I'm I'm hearing the lot. I saw that elsewhere too. I, I wanted to ask you about that as well. I think from a competitive standpoint, maybe. But at the same time, they they have that competition already. It's called the Palmer Cup. So. And uh, I guess the Palmer Cup is internationals now, but I mean, it, it's just, I don't know. I, I, th- there was something I, I wrote down a note here because I wanted to talk about how, and, and we'll talk about the history of the Walker Cup here pretty soon, but it's it's like, it's not manufactured. Like, it, you know, I, I, everyone needs to go to Twitter 
and to Golf Channel's Twitter and watch the teaser video that George W. Bush narrated. And it, if it doesn't give you chills after you're watching it, uh, then something's up. But I mean, it's just, it, it's the best amateur competition. I think it's the best competition in all of golf, right up there with the Ryder Cup and the Masters. And so I'm kind of a traditionalist. I don't like messing with things. So to make it Europe, I guess the Ryder Cup did that, but I don't know. I, I think it's fine just the way it is. You're just breaking a Ludwig uh, a- Aberg's uh, fan's heart over here. Yeah, but once they go to Europe, it's going to be just like the Palmer. I mean, the Palmer Cup wasn't necessarily competitive Europe the, versus the, U.S. The Palmer Cup, Palmer Cup pales in comparison to the Walker Cup. Oh, know? yes. Yes, they but... Can, Walker Cup is like uh, uh, Anwa starting the same week as the ANA. They're just going to, you know, the, Walker Cup could do whatever it was. Palmer Wait. Cup can adapt. Yeah, but I'm I, I'm saying once you add Europe to the Walker Cup, the internationals are going to get and want to get in on it too, and you're going to have you know people from all over playing in it. So I think they should just leave it the way it is. I think it's fine. Is all it right. competitive enough as the as the way it is? Are you you're uh, okay? With it? It's it's been it's been competitive. Right. I mean, yeah, it wasn't competitive at all for the first few decades, but yeah, I mean recently it's been a you know other throughout the last three Walker Cups, and it's kind of been a back and forth home and home you know just the home team wins and then the visiting team in two years gets their revenge when they host so it's it's been competitive enough and uh yeah i I just don't think anyone needs to do anything to it plus the logo would get out of hand too um i mean the logo already has three flags on it you don't need to put how many countries are in europe or not that'd be it's a money flag it's a money logo with the three flags across the bottom it is a good logo all right so you talked about it's one of your favorite things. It's our event of the week. That's why I have any guests. Like I'm fired up for it. We have Seminole. We have you know these uh, match play, which we love, and these up and coming amateurs from both sides of the pond. Um, I, I'm happy that Golf Channel is like really leaning into it. You guys are kind of I think covering just about everything. What what a format? We should tell probably not everybody knows format. You go foursomes, eight singles, foursomes, and then ten, all ten play singles on sunday saturday sunday 26 points i think it is 26 yeah. Uh, are you guys covering it are you, you guys showing i think almost it's all peacock of it is, yeah mornings yeah, you, morning rounds are peacock right and then golf okay. channel do you want me to go through the tv no. schedule real quick no 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 but it's <laughs> yeah, all no. it's on the whole time right if you want to you can't just on peacock golf channel and nbc yeah so so basically, real quick, the format, there's four sessions. There's four foursomes matches Saturday morning, and then there's eight singles in the afternoon. And then Sunday morning, four more foursomes, and then 10 singles. So as you said, 26 points. It'll be some combination of Peacock and, and Golf Channel. So you should get, I'm looking at the schedule now, Peacock coverage starts at 10 you know, singles on Golf Channel, 5.30 to 7.30. So you're going to basically get to see most most of the golf which is pretty cool i mean it, i i would definitely recommend i i know a lot of people listening to this podcast are huge golf nerds um and you know to to watch some of the best amateurs play in this event if you've never seen it before it's going to be quite a shock and i think people are going to really enjoy it uh, does their lack of depth get more exposed in singles like th- that's what you always hear in the Ryder cup on, on the gbi team is that where they struggle more or they have an yeah, advantage in force. Yeah, I mean that's that's consistently, I guess, been their their problem area. 
because foursomes, I mean, they they've grown up foursomes since, or grown up playing foursomes since they were since they learned the game. Hey, you know, they they play foursomes all the time over there in in you know Great Britain and Ireland. But I, I think the U.S. Have, have gotten better in that format. I I I I just think anytime you have higher ranked and better players like the U.S. have, I mean, singles is where you're going to get exposed. Do you uh, if you were going to guess if one player's match might get chippy is there is there a guy out there that might get a little chippy you know could you you could foresee you know something happening out there i could see william mao getting under the skin with some club twirls of maybe gus flanagan yeah maybe gus flanagan maybe barclay brown from from stanford i don't think he puts up with a lot of crap so um that that could be interesting and barclay's a pretty big kid too so uh, he could throw around some weight. Um, so, yeah, I would say Mal versus, versus Barclay Brown may be some contrived uh, rivalry. All right, there you go. The West Coast rivalry. <laughs> it is, yeah. it, exactly. I, 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 I said Pepperdine was in the Pac-12 earlier today. It was awful. It's the worst mistake of my life. What, on TV or where? No, no, just... Uh, just uh, In conversation? Just in conversation. Oh, I mean, well, if that's the worst mistake of your well, life, you're doing have you listened good. To you're talking podcast? to two idiots. Yeah, God, Lord. <laughs> um, all right, so Andy, we watched Seminole as a match play venue in the driving relief tailor-made event. You know, I, I don't know that we saw it, and it's, you know, whatever. It was it was kind of a backdrop. We got a lot of talk, chatter there with the players. Yeah. And, what are you talking and about, Bill fund, Murray? Bill Murray's Fundraising appearance. and things like that. But uh, anything we should specifically watch for, of course, Seminole, just an absolute jewel of a course. You have articles on it, routing the ridges, things like that to read. You, have, you know, there will be drone video, I assume, from NBC. But what, what should we watch for as a match play venue? This is part of why this is event of the week. For sure, yeah, it's uh, it's obviously a wonderful golf course. Every uh, golf publication will tell you that it's a wonderful golf course by where it's rated. Um, I think. It's a bummer it rained so much today. Hopefully it, it firms up. It's got a chance. It's it's really sandy site, so the water should uh, get off the course pretty quickly, and hopefully it firms up. Uh, but really, you know, it be, it's a it's a second shot golf course. It's it's extremely challenging because the greens have a ton of slope in them. It's always windy. It's right by the ocean, so it's always windy, and you're playing oftentimes up uh, these you know hills to these ridges. Which the best, the most magnificent holes out there are on these ridges. They you get there on the second hole and you play along these ridges through the seventh hole. Um, you play off the ridge, uh, you know, on seven, uh, and then you come back on the back nine and play a few more holes on the ridges before ending on the sand dunes that border the Atlantic Ocean. So those holes, those green sites are just unbelievable, and you know, with the greens being so sloped, so quick. You really have to be careful where you leave your leave your shots around the greens and then also on the greens. So it just requires you you have to be in full control of your your iron play out there, or you're going to get exposed. Where are the forks, Andy? The forks? It's, yeah, the so, salad bowl and the forks. I've been I was I've been looking for that. I can't so find it. Found them the yet. whole thing's a bowl, right? The whole property is the bowl. That's the salad bowl. And then there's a fork at the back part of the property where you play up into two green. And then, you know, three, four, five, all play along that back ridge. I think 11 plays up there, too. And then the other fork is at, at uh, where you play 
16, 17, 18. Hmm. And uh, you play 14, or 13 into there, too. Andy always bringing in food analogies or food you know, descriptors to, to make his point. That, that's what he does. Um, while you're talking about that, I was thinking, like, these college kids, and certainly kids from Great Britain and Ireland, are they used to this kind of golf, used to this kind of test, or are they maybe better suited for it than somebody who's been playing TPC dartboard for the last 15 years? Or could we see them get, you know, this is a total foreign test? Of course, we just saw the Western Intercollegiate at Pasatiempo. They play different kind of venues maybe that they don't play at a professional level. Is there anything to glean from that uh, for these college kids playing? Could they be totally unprepared for this kind of golf course? One would assume if you're that high level of a player you've seen it's this kind of golf yeah they they play everywhere i mean like you said pasta tiempo i mean even even bandon dunes was a you know different type of test and i, I would even say the great britain and, and ireland guys play a lot of great courses the, the one concern i think they have is just the speed of the greens i don't think they quite get that over there i mean andy you can correct me if i'm wrong but um that would probably be the the one area where I would say the U.S. really has an advantage is just the speed of the greens. Yeah, and I'd say they have an advantage with the uh, the Great Britain Ireland team has has an advantage with the wind. You know, it yes. can get so windy down there. South Florida is no joke, and that course, it's even when it's calm, there's good wind there. I mean, there's nothing to stop wind. You're right on the ocean, and then there's very little trees on the golf course. So it's uh. That's I think one of the things that's neat is if it if it firms up and is playing firm, you get the elements of the wind and you get the elements of the ball on the ground. Um, you know, like you get in these positions, especially with these holes that play up onto the ridges there, where you don't want to be above the flag because you're you're terrified of the downhill putt. It's it's so fast, it's crazy. You're looking, you know, you're you're just scared of that. But then the other option is like if I leave it short it spins off the green and it could roll back down this hill 50 yards, 60 yards. So that's the real thing with, with Seminole where you just have to be so precise with the, with your second shots. I got a funny story for you real quick involving Frank Strapacci. Oh, man. <laughs> Great. He, he was telling a story today. On, I think it's the fourth hole. There's a bunker on the left. It's a real mm-hmm. like devilish green. Is that right, Andy, the fourth hole? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And or, he, he was saying he was playing the Coleman one year, and and uh, he was playing with a guy, and I guess he was in the bunker in two, and the guy was on the green, and the guy ended up putting it off the green and making an eleven. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's easy to putt off the green there. It's it's no joke. So we could see we could. It's going to be a fabulous watch match play. Let's get to uh, Precision Pro Flashback Friday because Brentley already wrote an article. Uh, it's got like, was it how many? Ten mini flashbacks, kind of like eight to ten mini flashbacks. Ten, just yeah. amazing sort of anecdote stories. Some from like the early 19th century, some from more recent. But we recommend that as sort of a, a larger flashback, kind of orient yourself in some of the history of this event. But uh, this one, we're just kind of going to dive into it. We we all know the Bernard Darwin story, right? That was a pa- that fast, was a fast flashback. flashback. About a year ago, uh, it's brought to you by Precision Pro, the official rangefinder. Hey, of the can they use rangefinders out there this week? That's a good question. I uh, I think so. Yeah, because they, they they all have caddies, so they they're all allowed to use them because they're allowed to use them in the AM and 
So. Better make sure those slope functions are turned oh, off. Yeah. If it's, Don't if even if get it's one with NX, slope. NX9 slope. What, what are you talking about? Everybody should buy the NX9 slope from Precision Pro. I understand maybe not even putting it on the bag, the, the, the one with slope today. But for us hacks and non-Walker Cup players, maybe you get the NX9 slope. And maybe you get it with $20 off for Shotgun 20. Not a bad deal. Uh, as as golf Did season, did they have start, somebody that checks the slope? You know, you know, at, at the yeah. Walker Cup, it's the it, same it, guy who checks the CT machine. CT, I was gonna <laughs> say, we walked you into that one. Oh yeah, same guy that gets all the CT readings. You could, I mean, that could be an issue at the PGA. You might have a guy out now. There's not a ton of slope at Kiowa, right? I mean, the greens are elevated, pushed up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there's not much slope. It's pretty flat. Uh, yeah, but there could be some, you know, sneaky guy. Um, anyway, Shotgun Twenty Precision Pro. They're sponsoring Flashback Friday all year. They got great customer service as you're used to. They they were Shotgun Start listeners first. Uh, then came in, and sponsored us. We are grateful to them for sponsoring uh, Flashback Friday throughout the year. What do we want to go to for this one? We want to get into some stories from Brentley's article. Oh yeah, Let's, all right. I, there are so many good ones. Just just pick one or two, one or two your favorites, and and set the table. Everybody should go read it at golfchannel.com. Yeah, we'll go tweet read it the out full too. article, golfchannel.com tomorrow for the rest of them. Okay, let's uh, let's start with 1995 Royal Porthcaw, Wales, Tiger Woods's only Walker Cup, Wo- and it's land actually of woozy. <laughs> do, wait, do what? The land of Woozy. It the is land. the land of Woozy. But he he never played in a Walker Cup, un, un, unfortunately. He's That's... too busy, you know, on the farm, bailing yeah. hay and driving the tractors. <laughs> His dad wouldn't let him do that. He was just the farmer's boy. He's, you know, in the, in the pugilism game. So, all right, 95, Royal Port. Yeah, so it, and it's, it's very, uh, it, it, there's some parallels between that and this one because of the food poisoning. Tiger Woods actually got food poisoning, uh, and missed the Thursday practice session, missed some team events, missed some team dinners. Uh, and, it, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I, I think the consensus was he did have food poisoning, but there were some GB&I players who kind of didn't believe him. And I, I think to this day, Whoa. reading Whoa. a bunch of stories where they kind of said he was faking it because he didn't want to he didn't want to socialize. You know, just he being just, antisocial. I could see that. I could see that. But apparently he was being a real snob about the food. And went and got fast food early in the week, and that's what people believe did it. Um, He's being so, an American. He's being like a reverse snob. Like I, I need comfort food, right? Yeah. Is that what you're suggesting? All right, maybe. I, I, I don't know what fast food place he went to though, but yeah, he probably yeah. was like smarting and uh, went to Subway or something. <laughs> Gross. Gross. <laughs> uh, Subway's not asking to sponsor, right, Andy? No, no I don't no? think so. All right. Just Draymond Green and others. Um, all right, so what happened? What what happened there? He, Tiger gets food poisoning. It's his only Walker Cup, believe it or not, with all the amateur success he had over a longer stretch of time. But what happened with Tiger? So the weather was really bad that week. It was, And this was the first time Tiger had really played Lynx golf in bad conditions because he had played St. Andrews. Um, but I think the conditions were actually pretty nice. Uh, so anyways, he goes 2-2. Two and two. Um, which wasn't a bad performance, but the Americans lost 14 to 10 as they uh, started to skid a four losses and, and five cups. So that so that wasn't good. But anyways, uh, he played this guy named Gary Wolstenholme, who ended up being a six-time Walker Cupper, but this was his first year. 
And he was a short hitter. Tiger was 100 by him in both their singles matches. And Wolsenholm on the first day beat Tiger one up. Tiger hit three balls out of bounds, including on the last uh, hole. And, and apparently, I don't know if this is true. I saw this in one story. But Tiger's final approach shot on the last hole actually went long, hit a guy on his head, and then bounced out of bounds. Oh, and, 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 and the guy disappeared. So I don't know if he oh. went to the hospital or to the bar or, or, or whatever, but uh, apparently it hit a guy and went out of bounds. So Tiger was so they, not... It could have been a plant, like a guy who, who knows how to head ball and, and maybe it soccer could have been, and it was a Euro plant. They knocked it out of bounds. And then he ran <laughs> off. He scurried off. It, it, it could, could have be been the, woozy practicing his headers for... <laughs> so... So they lose fourteen to ten, and he this Gary Wollstenholm whips him, right? How yeah, do you, he only wins one up with three three OB balls. Yeah, yep. So so Wollstenholm has That's a bunch of quotes. He, he he has he has a ton of good quotes and takes a lot of shots at Tiger. But he did have one where he's like, "This guy was the actually I got it right here." Yeah, give me these shots at Tiger. I want shots yeah. at Tiger. All right, all right. Here we go. Here's here's a few shots at at, at Tiger. So he says. Um, I look back and admit he was head and shoulders above me and everybody else when it came to playing ability. But as a human being and as a team player, he fell some way short. Oh, for God's sakes. What was Tiger, like 18? Yeah, I know. As a it's human 50, being? He was, no, he was like 20, 21 or something like that. Oh, okay. 95, oh, 20, probably. 20, yeah. And then uh, here, here's another gem from from Gary. Uh, at the final dinner, there were hundreds of people there, but one notable absentee. Tiger did not join his teammates for the dinner. On top of that, he had not signed any of the souvenir programs either, which is a last evening tradition for the teams. The following day, he had an opportunity to add his signature to those programs, but he refused. Back in his early days as an amateur, he made some serious errors of judgment, and failing to join his teammates for that final dinner was one such mistake. So this guy is not a big Tiger fan. Interesting. I mean, well, that's the famous story about Brookline, too, right? He went to bed, and Payne Stewart went and banged on his door in 99, and like, hey, what are you doing, man? Let's party. And got shook him up and brought him back into the party, you know, because Tiger was at that point already established and was off on his own. Yeah, can we do a real quick aside and we spend 30 seconds on it? Lives down the street. Do we think Tiger's ever played Seminole? Oh, yeah. And yeah. you think so? All right. I mean, I think sometimes he just doesn't care or doesn't give a shit about anything. I bet, I bet he hasn't played there in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Or really? More. So not since he's lived down there. Okay. All right. I know he's never played Pine Valley. That was like a thing he talked about it publicly. I just sometimes he doesn't care. Um, all right. What's another flashback? What's okay, another one? Go- Maybe to go way back machine or I, I love Stiggy. Can we give people the legend of Stiggy for just a yeah. second? Yeah, let's let's do Stiggy. The greatest nickname, maybe, in all of golf, ever, golf history. Stiggy. I I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this one without laughing, because I I, I was laughing the entire time, you know, just, I I was actually thinking of of if Stiggy would be, yes, he was five foot four inches. So I was thinking if he was the shortest Walker Cup player ever, and that's how I found out that Woozy never played Walker Cup, because... You know. He was going to be your cop. Woozy's right there around 5'3", five, 5'4". Five, yeah. So, so Eamon Hodgson is his name. He was better a- known as Sticky. Yeah, Eamon with two N's. 
that which is a very interesting uh, I, it's interesting spelling. But anyway, so he played in two Walker Cups, 2009 uh, and 2011. Um, was really the star at Marion that first session in 2009, won, won his first two matches that day, and then actually went 0-4 the rest of his Walker Cup career. So it was... Stiggy's, uh, it was Stiggy mania for one day. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was definitely Stiggy mania for, for about, you know, eight or nine hours. But that first day I was looking back at some of the transcripts and some of the stories that were written and actually found an old golfweek.com TV where they had three writers there. The late, great Ron Balicki, uh, Alistair Tate, who covered, uh, European golf forever for them. Um, and then I forget who else was, was in that video, but they were just like just head over heels for Stiggy. That's all they would talk about. They interviewed him, and the funny thing was, is Stiggy's partner was like a foot and a half taller than him. He was like the <laughs> tallest guy on the team. It's like so, that meme this week with Joe Biden next to uh, Jimmy Carter, and everybody yeah. made that a meme. Lady Bird, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. man, it was it was almost exactly like they barely fit in the same screen. So anyway, so here's here's Stiggy's uh, explanation on where his nickname came from. All right, so he goes, my dad was late at home from work and the trash guy out there, we called him a bin man. I don't know what you guys call the guy who collects trash, but anyways, my dad missed him, so we had to go go to the skip, the dumpsters. This is when he was two them. years old, right? This is when two, he was two years, years old, old, yeah. Okay, all right. So they so go, to the I, go to the dump to put all our trash away. I was always glued to my dad's side, so I went with him, and I was sort of messing around trying to help. Being knee high, I fell into the skip, and I was rolling around, and I found a club. <laughs> My dad, not knowing anything about golf, rolling around in the dumpster. He he was rolling around and he he found a putter, or what he thought was a putter. And he said it turned out to be a mashy niblick, a seven iron. And apparently that's how he started playing golf. And there's this cartoon in England called Stig of the Dump. And so that's where his friends just started calling him Stiggy. Because he fell in a dumpster when he was two years old. He fell in a trash can and found a golf club. I mean, what are the chances? I mean, you hear all these, you know, stories about how these great players got started playing golf. I don't think any of them found the club while falling in a trash can. I don't know what those things look like either. I I was imagining like one of those, um, like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory where uh, Veruca falls down the bin with the eggs. Sure, sure. Something like that. The shoot. Stiggy Hodgson, five foot four Englishman. What if Stiggy played Stuart Hagestad in a match? That would be That'd be amazing. That'd be crazy. I think Stiggy turned pro. He did. And so I, apparently there was some uh, rules violation or something where he signed an incorrect, scar, in, incorrect scorecard on purpose at a Euro Pro Tour <laughs> event in 2019. And so all the, you know, there's a lot of the C word going around on the uh, social media about Stiggy, but hopefully he's doing the all right. Oh, Stiggy. <laughs> Oh, man. Stiggy should have been a lifelong amateur. He should have. A lot of these guys should have been. I think Norman Jong should have been a lifelong amateur. Oh, man. Ouch. Um, All right. Do we want to do any more? We want to do another one, or we send people to golfchannel.com? What do you want to do? One more, an old school one? Let's do Philip Perkins. All right. All right, go ahead. It's not really, it's it's kind of a half. Half Walker Cup, half Dixie Amateur story, but it's still South Florida golf. Um, so yeah, so so Bobby Jones, you know the great Bobby Jones. Uh, I've heard he, of him. <laughs> he 
you'll probably hear about him a lot of comparison to Stuart Hagestad this week or you know but anyways um he he owns the Walker Cup record for big for largest victories 13 and 12 because back then they played 36 whole matches that record unless they change the rules never going to be broken so Chicago Golf Club uh Andy's neck of the woods Matthew Fitzpatrick's neck of the woods 1928 he plays a guy named Philip Perkins he beats him 13 and 12 Two weeks later, plays him in the final of the USAM, beats him ten and nine. Oh, <laughs> so, just back to back dropping. But but it gets worse for for poor Philip Perkins. So he he ends up making the final of the Dixie Amateur down in Miami. Well, the night before, he goes to a Miami nightclub called the Embassy Club in like nineteen thirty. Yeah, it's like nineteen nineteen thirty. 34 or 1932 four years after the the walker cup and he's partying in the dining room and six gunmen break in trying to rob the club which also had a casino and apparently there were two plainclothes police officers that were having dinner or part of a party and the shootout broke out and so one of the gunmen grabbed philip perkins as a human shield and on his way out yeah i don't know who shot who but i think the gunman who had him his gun went off and shot Philip Perkins in the thigh. So long story short, he wasn't able to play the final of the uh, Dixie <laughs> Amateur that, that next day. He had to go to the hospital and, uh, you know, get his get the bullet taken out of his legs. So. But the guy who ended up winning, Tommy Goodwin, the Dixie Amateur, ended up making the Walker Cup team in 1938. So it all, it D- all comes back to the Walker Cup. I mean, just... D- WD, shot in leg in a casino <laughs> robbery. Make some of these... Jason Day WDs look like child's play. Well, that same 1928 match, real quick too. Cyril Tolley, who is a longtime uh, GB and I Walker Cupper, he missed the matches because he had sued a chocolate company because they used like a caricature of them, um, and he was suing them because they they wrote like some I don't know what it was. It was like a cartoon, and they had basically insinuated that he had received financial gain despite being an amateur. So he was dealing with this libel suit, and he couldn't play. <laughs> so, I mean, Mystery. it's just some of the stories back in the day. I mean, I, I think guys are boring now or something because we don't get many of those. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now yeah. it's Bryson. That's you know, food poisoning. Kings of yeah. Leon and. <laughs> I got. And uh, you said you pulled some stuff. I right? got a few. Uh, I, you know, I, whenever I go to a nice place like Seminole, I buy their history book, and I pulled some stories out of the history book. James Dodson wrote it. It's a great book. Ah, uh, yeah. But I pulled a few Hogan stories out because it was obviously one of the things that Seminole's most known about. Uh, about you know, for is Hogan hung out there for you know became like his favorite place to be. Um, he became an honorary member there in the in the fifties. It was shortly after his good friend George Coleman, which the Mid Am event they host every year is now named after, uh, became a member. Uh, so you know the the lore is that Hogan like only played with the great players uh, when he was at Seminole, but that was very false. He would just play with random members. Like one, there's a story of one time he just like tapped a random member on the on the shoulder, like, "Hey, you want to go play golf?" And the the member recalled it being like, I was so ter- nervous on the first tee. I was just so nervous I was going to top it. <laughs> um, but but he would play with these random members, and they, he'd play money games with them. And 
uh, he would write checks out to him when he lost. And, like, apparently none of the checks ever got cash because the people would rather keep the check that, that showed that they took money from Ben Hogan than cash the money on the check. Um, so he, he had the same routine. He, as people know, he was a creature of habit. He had the same routine every day he was in South Florida. Uh, this guy, Barry Van Gerbig, who's a, a member there, he would pick him up almost all the time, but occasionally other people would pick him up from his rental house in Palm Beach. And it was timed out so that he would get to the steps of the doorstep every day at 10.30 on the dot, 10.30 a.m. on the dot. Wow. Uh, and this is Van Gerbig. Uh, it was always the same. He'd practice for a couple hours, break for lunch, then go out and play a match in the afternoon, usually with Coleman or Dunphy, but sometimes just with whoever was around. So Hogan's favorite game to play when he was at Seminole, and this is like always like, if you go play a game with scratch players, don't play scotch with them because that game rewards procs and closes the, like, you're going to lose money. Like you're giving away points every single freaking hole because they're going to hit more greens than you. Um, but anyway, Hogan's favorite game was, uh, the game was every, on, the, on the first tee, everybody had to predict what they would shoot for the day. So Brendan, your code is seminal. You got to predict what you shoot on the first tee. Wow. Um, okay. every time you miss a fairway or a green, you put $5 into the pot. Then whoever hit the most fairways and greens gets the money. You're playing with Ben fucking Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what? Who who's gonna hit the most? So whoever hits the most fairways and greens gets the money, and then you had to pay double for every stroke you were over or under your predicted score. Sounds like a lot of. A lot Can't of you money. just predict a hundred and then you know twenty putt at the end? Or <laughs> yeah. what if you're way out? Yeah. You're yeah, way, I mean you could. Yeah. But I mean it was a game just to get Hogan rich. Think yeah. about it. Who's going to hit more fairways and greens than him? Everybody's and, putting f- money in the pot. Yeah, and then people are probably wildly. It's windier. If wind picks up, they miss their calculation by eight. They might have home like $600. <laughs> That's good. Good stuff. Um, one last thing. So, like, there's this iconic, you know, you've seen it, the iconic video of him swinging, and everybody thinks it's at Seminole. Everyone hitting balls, and they have, like, the frame-by-frames of his swing. Yeah, the Seminole Pro bought a video camera the last year that that uh, that um, that Hogan was down there, and he he asked Hogan like the first day Hogan came down for his winter, hey, can I video your swing? And Hogan hadn't been played much, and he's like, no, not now, not now, maybe at the end. Like he was very protective about people seeing his swing. I guess he got really protective late in life of this. Sure. So of course. so. The last day Hogan's there, March 28th, he goes there. The pro recalls it was, it was a rainy day. Hogan's the only one that shows up. He shows up, looks at the weather, leaves. It was the last time he was ever at Seminole. Um, and he never got the video. So anyways, wow. George Coleman, his good friend, died a couple of days before Ben Hogan died. And, you know, he lived in South Florida, they found uh, that he also had a fancy new video camera. He got it in 1979. And one night after a few cocktails, he convinced Hogan to, to hit balls for the video. 
So the the video is of Hogan. Everybody thinks it's from Seminoles range. It's it's from Coleman's backyard hitting balls into the ocean. Wow, amazing! That's such a good story. Those yeah. are some good nuggets. So they found it like when they were going through Coleman's home. Sorry. All right, that is a lot of bane for your buck on Precision Pro Flashback Friday. Seminal flashbacks, Walker Cup flashbacks, uh, Brentley. Anything else you want to add? Sign off on. We are very gracious. You gave us your time here late at night on a Thursday with a big weekend of uh, coverage ahead. No, thanks for thanks for having me on. And and uh, Hogan was also the one who told uh, the U.S. Captain Nathaniel Crosby that hair dryers are for girls. So um, he, you know, was not a big fan of hair dryers. So that oh, was interesting. Hogan tidbit. They were actually that was after Nathaniel's dad. Bing Crosby died, and they were at Seminole. They were staying at the Coleman house, and uh, I guess Ben Hogan came across Captain Crosby's suitcase and found the hairdryer. So, interesting. A little, you know, not not quite a good a, as good of a story as the no, as, as Andy's yeah, gym. It's a good one. I didn't buy a book it's either. A- also, real quick, I, I talked to Jason Gore today, and and, uh, and he was talking about you know some golf podcasts, and I recommended your guys' podcasts, Uh-oh. and I told him about Uh-oh. Billy Horsell's nicknames and. He about doubled over. So, oh God, oh no, I don't know if we we want him listening. That might no, not be good. I don't know if we. I feel yeah. bad for him now, Jason. Don't. Um, all right, Bradley, we appreciate you coming on. We look. Are you going to do a gamer on the flag raising ceremony tomorrow? A lot Maybe. Of on that. Maybe. Well, okay. that's one of the iconic moments is Rory McIlroy raising the flag so it's 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 nice they get in their their suits and you got all the members <laughs> I, around. You know what? It sounds like Brendan hates uh, patriotism. Flag raising ceremony? Not at all. Not at all. Like, I'm a big fan like of American you hate, dunes. You hate everything. You know, Charity. Just, yeah. They yeah, should put centerline flag Chicken, banana, there. and no, uh, patriotism. Not, not at all. Not at all. Brentley, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your insight, your intel, your flashback Fridays. Uh, we'll be reading all weekend, following your tweet. What's your handle again? I don't want to screw up. Is it Brentley uh, Romine GC? It's at Brentley GC. Brentley okay, Romine yeah. was a little bit too long. Um, sure. I, I agree. There's, sure. Sure. There's no Good more call. Brentleys. Good call. So follow Brentley on Twitter. Read his stuff. Watch the Walker Cup. We'll be back with you on uh, on Monday to recap it all. Everyone enjoy your weekend. Mm-hmm.